Welcome to the One God Report podcast. This is Bill Schlegel. The title of this message is, Hear, O Gentiles, the Lord our God is three in one. Or we could call this episode, Three is One, and One is Three. Of course, this is a interpretation of the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, a very important verse. It reads in Hebrew, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, or this is God's personal name, Yudhe Yudhevavhe, our God, Yudhevavhe is one. Now, Jesus said this was the first or the greatest of all commandments in Mark chapter 12, verse 29. But this first in importance commandment to know and acknowledge that the God of the Bible, Yudhevavhe, is one, is a difficulty for Trinitarianism. In about AD 530, the Christian Byzantine emperor Justinian even banned the recitation of the Shema, since he considered it to be a denial of the Trinity. People could not say this verse. But modern Trinitarianism takes a different approach, claiming that one can mean three because one can be a compound unity. Three things together make up one of something else. And a couple of biblical examples are put forward. For instance, Genesis 1.5, where evening and morning are one day. Or in Genesis 2.24, a husband and wife become one flesh. And the spies come back with one cluster of grapes. Let's take a closer look at this compound unity, the three-in-one claim. I have about 13 points here. Some of them are pretty brief, so stick with me. Number one, the Trinitarian deity of Christ compound unity claim, it's not a biblical claim. No one in the Bible says one means a compound unity. One can be three as a compound unity, unquote. The claim is post-biblical. It comes from after the Bible was written. Someone after the Bible came up with this claim. And it's obvious that the claim is an attempt to reconcile the contradiction, even the embarrassment, that there are three who can be called God, yet there is only one God. I don't know who the first person on record is to claim that one Yahweh means three in one. If somebody knows who first made this claim, please let me know. If you are a Trinitarian, you should find out. Most likely, the claim is no earlier than the late 4th century AD, more than 300 years after Jesus lived in Israel, because that's when Gentile Christians first started to say that their one God was three persons. Before that, even Gentile Christians insisted that they were monotheists by emphasizing the superiority of the Father. The Father is the one God. For instance, even the Nicene Creed of A.D. 325 starts out by declaring, quote, We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of all things visible and invisible, unquote. So if you are a Protestant and believe the scriptures are your sole authority for belief and practice, 
You should be troubled by the fact that the claim God is three in one is not something the Bible claims. The claim comes from after the New Testament was written. It's a non-biblical claim. Second point. Let's put the shoe on the other foot for a second. Suppose I say that I believe that Yudhevave is one individual or one self, one person. But you showed me a scripture where Jesus declares that the greatest commandment is, listen, Yudhevave, our God, Yudhevave is three, unquote. But I confidently look you in the eye and say, well, sure, three substances, but one person. Would you think my claim is a good one, or would you kind of chuckle? You could see that my explanation is just an attempt to dodge the obvious. You could see that I was just making things up to try to fit my own presupposition into the Scripture. This is what Trinitarians are doing when they interpret the greatest commandment that declares that Yudhevave, God, is one. But then they say, well, sure, three persons, but one essence. Next point, number three. The three persons in one claim involves a clever word trick. And the word trick is a glaring error. Trinitarians want to tell us that Jesus by himself is God. You heard the phrase, Jesus is God. Or the Spirit by himself is God. But in their supposed compound unity claim, only the combination of all three together would be one God. Let's take the evening and morning one day example from Genesis 1.5. Evening by itself is not day or a day. Morning by itself is not a day. The plural idea is in the word day. A day can be broken down into parts, but the parts themselves are not day. We need both morning and evening to make one day. One evening together with one morning make one day. But Trinitarians want to use the word God and the name Yudhevave to mean both an individual and a group. That would be like claiming that evening by itself is day. Jesus by himself is God. The Spirit is God. Note how Trinitarians would not like to say Jesus is one God, the Father is one God, the Spirit is one God, but together they are one God. Because in their declaration of how God is one, they need the group, all three together, to make one God. Just as more than one grape is required to make one cluster, the plurality is in the word cluster. So Trinitarians are really saying that the plurality is in the word God. One grape is not one cluster, but for the Trinitarian, one person is God and three persons are God. That would be like saying one grape is a cluster and three grapes are a cluster. Or to use the so-called compound unity from Genesis 1-5 again, 
Evening is one day. Morning is one day. Evening and morning are together one day. Would you believe me if I said, Zach is my son. Isaiah is my son. Eitan is my son. Zach, Isaiah, and Eitan are one son. The Trinitarian use of the word God is a word trick. Saying that God and the personal name of God, yud heh can be both one self and three selves. If so, my son can be three selves. Point number four, related and emphasizing the previous point. A compound unity means the members are only parts or components. We must have all the parts to make a whole. Robert Bowman, the Trinitarian author of a book called Why You Should Believe in the Trinity, says this, quote, For something like 35 years, as a Trinitarian and a biblical scholar, I have been explaining to people that the argument that echad, that's the Hebrew word one, I've been explaining to people that the argument that echad means a compound unity is a bad argument for two reasons. Number one, it just isn't correct. The word echad, one, means simply one. To read anything more into it is a mistake. And second, in classic Trinitarian theology, God is not a compound unity. That would mean that the Trinity is three separate beings, none of which is God, but collectively they combine to constitute God. That isn't what the doctrine of the Trinity teaches. Unquote. Bowman is right. If Trinitarians want to say that God is one as a compound unity, then none of the individual persons are God by themselves. The different persons are only parts, components of the one God. None would be God by themselves. You must have all three to have one God in the Trinitarian mind. The fifth point, the Trinitarian claim is a denigration of the Father, since the compound unity three-in-one idea claims that the Father is only one of three persons who make up the one God. A tripersonal God and the Father alone can't both be the one God. One of them is an imposter. And related, the sixth point. The Trinitarian claim is in direct contradiction to New Testament scripture. Jesus declared that the Father is the only true God, John 17, 3. The Apostle Paul says, quote, As for us, there is one God, the Father, 1 Corinthians 8, 6. In the New Testament, the one God is the Father, not the Trinity. The seventh point, if Yudhe is a compound unity, meaning more than one person, then Yudhe is not a person, but a group or a family. A group or a family is an it, a substance, a what, 
not a person. As Trinitarian apologist James White says, quote, we dare not mix up the who's and the what, unquote. The Trinitarian compound unity claim therefore makes Yudhe Vavhe God an it, a substance, a what, an essence, one essence. Eighth point, let's get back to the Bible. Should we really think that Moses was either so uninformed, so lacking in knowledge, or so ineffective a teacher that he couldn't have told Israel that yud heh vav is a compound, mysterious unity of three persons in one? If Jesus preached that God is one because he is three persons in one essence, this should have been front and center in the Sermon on the Mount. Were Jesus and Paul and Peter so ineffective teachers of the truth that they were unable to communicate that God is three persons and instead left it up to later interpreters to assemble clues that God is indeed made up of more than one person? The ninth point. Not only is there absolutely no presentation in the Bible that Yudhe Vavhe is one, means that God is three in one, but there's no argumentation or opposition to such a claim. The total silence of presentation and opposition in the New Testament to the supposed number one essential new revelation of who God is should be the end of believing that the New Testament proclaims that God is a three-person being. Jesus was opposed for interpretation of Torah passages concerning the Sabbath. Are we to suppose that his opponents were silent about a declaration that yud heh is three persons, this new essential revelation? The Apostle Paul had opposition on all sides, not the least of which is from the fact he was preaching the Christ crucified. Are we to suppose that Paul's opponents never jumped on the fact that Paul was teaching three persons and one God? The tenth point. God's personal name, yud and the title Elohim, means God, in the Hebrew Scriptures, and then Theos in the Greek New Testament, are referred to tens of thousands of times with singular pronouns, singular verbs, and singular adjectives. But Trinitarians, like social leftists, change the meaning of pronouns. Trinitarians constantly refer to their God as he, him, when their God is really they, them. He, him are pronouns that refer to one person, not three. Since the Trinity is more than one person, Trinitarians should refer to their God with plural pronouns, they, them. Or, whenever Trinitarians refer to God with a singular pronoun, each time they should be clear concerning which of the individual persons is intended, the Father, or quote-unquote God the Son, or the Spirit. Let me give a little Hebrew lesson. Hebrew pronouns, like New Testament Greek pronouns, 
have gender and number. In Hebrew, the masculine singular pronoun, you, speak directly to one male person. The masculine singular pronoun is ata, like A-T-A-H, ata. And the masculine singular possessive pronoun, like your book, is cha. So I'd ask Trinitarians, which singular person is being addressed in the thousands of verses, like Psalm 83, 18? Listen for the word ata, you, masculine singular, and cha, yours. Here's the verse. Veyedu ki ata shimcha yudhevave levad cha elion al kol haaretz. Here's the translation. They will know that you, masculine singular, your masculine singular name is yudhevave. You, masculine singular, alone are the most high over all the earth. And this could be done with thousands of verses. People that can read Hebrew. It's just embarrassing that they take the masculine singular pronouns and verbs and make them into a tri-personal God. You can see the show notes for other examples. Now the 11th point. In the New Testament, the word God, theos, occurs some 1,320 times. It never means more than one person. It never is a compound unity. It never is three in one. When referring to the one true God, Theos, the Greek word for God, in the New Testament means the Father. Never a compound unity. Twelfth point. The yud heh is three persons in one claim is a denial of the humanity of Jesus. Trinitarians insist that God is one because the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one compound unity, one essence, one nature shared by three persons. But then they think you're not looking when they turn around and say that it's essential to believe that God took on a second nature, a second essence, a human nature. So now, God has two natures, two essences. So, how many natures or how many essences does the Trinitarian God have? One or two? Regarding a compound unity, the Trinitarian deity of Christ mantra should really be God is two. They are not one essence. They are two essences. Three persons in two natures, two essences. Really, two persons in one nature and one person in two natures. But all this trickery about the Trinitarian God being one, because they are supposedly one essence or one nature, denies the humanity of the man Christ Jesus. This is the spirit of Antichrist. And the 13th and final point, the Trinitarian three-in-one compound unity claim also denies that the human person, Jesus of Nazareth, ever existed. Otherwise, there would be four persons in the Trinity. Here they are. Number one, God the Father. Two, quote, God the Son. 
three, quote, God the Spirit, and then four, the human person, Jesus of Nazareth. Most modern Christianity talks like there are four persons in two essences. Now, where is that in the Bible? So what is a person to do when they realize that the Bible nowhere claims that God, Yudhe is a compound unity of three persons in one? Well, I confess that there was a time in my life when I used the example from Genesis 1-5, evening and morning is one day, as an example that God can be one and yet more than one. What we need to do is repent, change our mind, come back to the simplicity declared in the scripture that our one God is the Father and that Jesus Christ is the human Messiah, the Son of God, who died and whom God raised from the dead. Yishma'u anabim v'yishmahu, the humble will hear and rejoice.